Today's episode is sponsored by the lovely Lark Dean Galley. You may remember her from last episode. Lark is a business coach, and since losing her son to suicide, she's focusing on healing yourself internally first, which then will help you be successful in life. She is currently launching her course titled BS to Success, which I think is a pretty sweet name. There's a special discounted beta price that is good through April 6th this Tuesday. Make sure you go to her Facebook page, Living Life with Lark Dean Galley, and click on the link to her discounted course, BS to Success. Don't miss our free giveaway at the end of the show. Welcome to I See You a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to the I See You podcast. This is episode 52, Speak for Yourself. Hi, everybody. Congratulations again to Mark Hopper for winning the t-shirt last week. And thanks to everybody that has left reviews and shared the podcast on Facebook. That really is the bread and butter of getting the podcast on different platforms. So I appreciate that. I'm going to start with a review this morning. It is entitled Completely Authentic, five stars. And I love the ID, The or is that what you call it? The name, the screen name? It's called Julie's number four fan. I don't really know what that means or who are they consider like the first three, but I'm very curious who this is. Julie's number four. Or maybe, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's a husband and his wife's name is Julie. I don't know, but it's, I'm going to pretend that they're talking about me. Julie's number four fan. It says, Julie says it how it is. There's no fluff. There's no fake, just real life. It has helped me see the world in a different light and understand what others are going through in a way that nothing else ever has. I've learned so much and I'm so glad I took the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you for that review. It's pretty cool because there's a lot of things in my life that I'm not good at and we're all that way where we have things that we wish we were good at and they just don't come naturally to us. But I'm grateful that I have been able to use and find something that I'm good at. My realness, my honesty, I wouldn't have called that a talent in the past. That wasn't something to go do in a talent show. So many times in my life, I have felt like I don't have talents. But that's what's cool is we all have superpowers. And so I'm, I'm glad that mine is helping you. We're going to just go ahead and introduce our guest today. She's sitting here. You didn't know she was here, but she's here. She's just very quiet. She's just being very <laughs> sneaky. Marianne Hales Harding is here, and she is going to talk to us about a foundation you've started, right? Would you call it a foundation? Wow, that's that makes us sound bigger than we are. Oh, but <laughs> foundation, then. <laughs> a, a, a small nonprofit and an, and a uh, an open mic. Yeah, very cool. Okay, Marianne. Well, how do we know each other? Well, we met in line at Costco. <laughs> You have a beautiful story. It's just so funny. Well, because we were so we were I, we were returning things, and uh, usually that's so quick at Costco. And for some odd reason, the first time in my whole life, I had to actually wait for a, a significant length of time in the line at Costco. And then you were right in front of me, and your kids were so being cute and fun. But they were trying to ram, you were trying to you were trying to keep them from ramming the shopping cart into the people in front of you. Mm, that so does just, sound yeah, right. Exactly, yeah. I don't remember exactly. that, but I'm sure that's what but happened. But they were really super excited about their new house and so, you know, just <laughs> engaged in talking with them about that and then you started talking about we started talking about uh BYU and uh, anyhow led to your podcast and your mission and what what you do, which then I immediately connected with what I do and I'm really excited about that and that's how I ended up getting introduced to your podcast and becoming a super fan and uh, <laughs> I love it. 
And so, yeah, so that's, that's how we met. Awesome. It was beautiful. It was a moment. It, it was, was a moment. Yeah. It was a good moment. But it's like that's I tell nice. people, I'm like, so you see me at Costco and you don't want to be on your bed or run. Like, don't start telling me about how interesting your life is and stuff because I'll be like, hey, I live three minutes from here. Let's go record Let's right now. It. Let's do yeah. it. Yep, that's yeah. how I roll. Well, will you start, Marianne, just by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a writer. I live here in Springville, Utah. I work for Western Governors University. I'm a faculty in their composition area. And then I also teach a playwriting class at BYU. Basically, you're really talented. And you did have a lot you could do at talent shows. <laughs> there you go. Up. I have two, two beautiful girls, 16 and 10. I have a bazillion hobbies. Because I play the organ, I play the piano, I play the violin, and I quilt. Of course, you can't be a Utah and not, <laughs> not quilt. Um, but it's kind of fun because I did uh, I did a couple of pieces that actually were in the Springville Museum of Art in their quilt show. Which was, wow. That was so fun. Talk about the pinnacle. I like to design the tops myself and do interesting things. Woman of many trades. That's awesome. You have a rich, full story. What parts of your story led you to start this poetry group you started? Speak for Yourself Open Mic has been going for about five years. We turned five in May. Before this, I lived in St. George and was part of that poetry community. I actually was an adjunct at Dixie State. At the time, it was Dixie State College in English. And two of my colleagues started this open mic. I kind of was at a little bit of it loose ends because I was recently divorced, had a tiny little newborn and needed an outlet, creative outlet, didn't really have that. And when you, you know, you have a newborn and you're doing everything, you're, you just don't have a lot of time. So my training is in playwriting. That's what my master's of fine arts is in. I didn't really have the brain power to wrap my head around a full length play. So I started writing poetry instead because that's shorter and smaller. And you can do that while the baby's asleep because, you know, it just doesn't take as long. Then I got into that community and felt that compassion and that, that connection and love and just grew and just became so addicted to it. To you know, just, just love that, love that group. And then when we moved up here, felt just an immediate loss because of course I still had my poetry friends, but I wasn't seeing them every week and sharing my work with them. In Utah County, there really wasn't any any similar group. There are similar groups in Salt Lake, but you know, I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be getting childcare and driving up to Salt Lake, which is about an hour drive from my house and being involved in that community there. So my poetry friend from St. George said, Miriam, just start one. Just do one. You have all the chops. I'm like, okay, all right, I will. And I found two other poets who felt the same way here in Utah County. And we found a venue and we got it going and started this group with the help of Salt Lake Poets because poets are just extremely generous and loving. And we got this going and we've been going ever since as a thriving writing community and venue here in Utah County. What a cool story. You're familiar with the podcast and seeing each other. How does poetry help us see one another with compassion and connection? Well, I think that's really the core of poetry and the core of an open mic, because basically what you're doing is it's grassroots. It's anybody can come in in the community, sign up. You really can do whatever you want to do, any sort of spoken word, anything to do with the words you can put forward, whether it's your own work or work that's just really touched you. A lot of times I will read from my current reading as well as from my current writing. It's often very personal in nature, especially more performative, more slam poets. 
It's, it's very, very personal, very first person narrative, and often talking about things that just don't come up in regular conversation or that you just don't maybe feel comfortable sharing with people because you don't know how it's going to be received. So it's just this very vulnerable place. And there are, there are things that I've written about in poetry that my poetry friends know about me that nobody else really knows because there's just that that safe space that's been created. And so when you can go into this safe space and share things that are very vulnerable and share things that maybe you're nervous about and receive just overwhelming love in response. So like you come up to the mic, we're clapping for you. You read your piece, we're clapping for you. People come up to you afterwards and give you a hug and say, oh, I've been there too. Wow. And so there's just this, this tremendous connection. And, the, and even as you're reading your poem, and the first time this happened, it actually really threw me off because I had no idea what they were doing. But uh, if you're listening to a poem and it really resonates with you, you don't want to interrupt it by clapping. You just snap. Oh, that's right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes people who don't know performance poetry will snap at the end of a poem, but that's that's only in I Married an Expert. That's the only place you're going to see that <laughs> in, in a real in a real uh, slam. You're going to see you're going to hear the snaps in the poem itself. So as you're reading it and you're reading these things, and people feel like, oh, that's a great turn of phrase, or oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. When you hear these snaps as you go along, then you have that oh. connection. As you're reading it, it's really a tremendous thing, I think. There's just tons of connection in poetry. Yeah, that's so neat that you have something you can do during it because especially, I know for me with public speaking, when I'm in front of a crowd and I look down and I see people nodding and smiling, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, we got we this. Got you know, it kind of mm-hmm. kind of pushes you forward that you are making that connection with the yeah. audience, which is, which is what you want. No oh, one wants to absolutely. go up and lecture. No, exactly. Yeah. You want to be connected. And that's the other thing too. So if you have, so you have people who memorize their pieces and that's more of the performative as well and then people who read their pieces from paper or increasingly from their cell phones and things like that when you have your piece memorized and you can you can look at the people as you're performing your piece and you have that connection it's it's incredible it's amazing we had a visiting playwright here at BYU earlier in the year she said Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Margaret Edson and she gave a few lectures and she talked about one and it just so resonated with me especially in regards to poetry and this particular connection we're talking about and she talked about written language being like a map so a map is to landscape as written word is to spoken word you can look at a map you can see a map but it isn't the landscape it isn't Mm. it's not giving you that same experience of being in the landscape so you can look at these words on a page and uh, you have that experience but it's not the same experience of me performing a piece to you and having that connection and having that having sounds resonate in parts of my body that then go and resonate and set parts of your body which allows you to hear it and then we have that physical connection and that connection in time and space and that's what it is about performance poetry about theater for me is that really intimate personal connection we are here right now in this moment and together have together and having this connection that's so neat it makes me think of like 2d versus 3d almost Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
how has compassion and connection played a role in this yeah. group you've created? See, it's kind of crazy, as you well know. You take on a crazy idea, and you think, oh, this would be great. And then it's hard, and it, t- it takes Oh, effort. I know about that. You yeah. Know exactly about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there was like a year, especially, where I was like, I'm going to be drowned under the weight of this big thing I'm doing before I got people to come in and help me as hosts and things like that. And then now we all work together and do that. But people would come up to me and say to me, oh, this, you know, this changed my life or this saved my life and talk about how having that connection, having that place where their voice could be heard, what that meant to them. Because here in Utah County, there are groups who feel marginalized. There are groups who feel like they don't have a voice in politics. They don't have a voice. They just aren't heard. And when you give people an opportunity to speak for themselves, to to get up and say their piece and talk about their struggles and be heard and loved and accepted and recognize that there is space for you, the open mic itself is an uncensored venue. Pretty much, unless there's a little kid toddling into the restaurant, at which point we ask, please don't swear. But other than that, we are uncensored. You say what you got to say. We are trusting you to take us on whatever journey you're going to take us on. I think that empowers people. I'm a fairly conservative person. Well, not in Utah. I can't call myself conservative in Utah. You're crazy liberal I'm in Utah. I'm liberal in Utah. But yeah, but I mean, you know, in the larger the scheme public, of things, yeah. in the general public, I kind of skew a little bit more conservative. I don't swear. It's not, that's not part of my work. But you go into a more censored venue and... I can't remember what, but how they, they said, okay, everything that needs to be PG. And I was like, oh, crud. My piece talks, use the word breast. Is that, does that not, is that not right. PG? Is that PG? And then I was doubting myself. And then that affects how you work. It affects how you connect. Being uncensored, which was hard to find a venue that would let us do that mm-hmm. uh, in Utah County. People are a little nervous about what crazy poets are going to do. <laughs> but yeah. it was a little bit hard. But I think it's an important part of that piece and an important part of people being able to feel like they can be themselves. This is an interesting question. How has poetry given you empathy for others? We have quite a wide range of people who regularly and irregularly come out to the open mic and are connected through this poetry community. We have all across the political spectrum. There are conservative poets out there, arch conservative poets out there, and arch liberal poets out there. It's not it's not as homogenous a group as you might think. So people might think we have young poets, we have old poets. And the thing is that they are speaking from their experience. And that absolutely gives you empathy because this is somebody that you know and love and trust. And uh, and then they're going to tell you how they feel. And I feel like I've been able to do the same thing. Like this is, this is my experience. This is how I'm feeling. And have people be able to say, oh, wow, I don't know very many people who are like you. I don't associate with a lot of people who are a member of your church. And so Mm -hmm. then that makes them look at members of my church a little differently. Or there are people who have very different experiences than me. I know that uh, there's one poet who read a whole piece about how, you know, I don't feel safe in a church building. And I feel very safe in a church building. So it's a different totally different thing. And to be able to hear that, and of course, she's an incredible poet. And so it's beautifully written and and very much conveyed what she was feeling. I think that that naturally gives you empathy to be able to sit in somebody else's pain, sit in somebody else's struggle that's not yours at all. That's so cool, too, because it sounds like a place where there's like no need to make each other be the same. Mm-hmm. You're just validating. Mm-hmm. Like your struggle's real. 
And I can understand why you would feel that way. And I feel for you. And I'm with you in mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And we don't, don't, we don't to need to. I don't have to convince you and you don't have to convince me and we're just going to be here together. Yeah. I have a friend as well that walking into a church building brings anxiety like you wouldn't mm-hmm. believe because of experiences she had when little. And yeah, it's yeah. a different path. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different path different and it's got to be handled carefully. If there's someone listening that's struggling, what would be your message to them? I would say write, write it out. Many, many times it's, it's amazing to me. And of course I'm a, I'm a writer and that's my background and that's, that's my go-to thing. But I think even people who are not trained as writers can find some value in writing about it. Write it as an essay, write it as a poem if you want to write it as a poem. Poetry is pretty free in its form. Sometimes you can get very strict in form. You can get very free form. Just find that way to express it. And then of course, come to Enlightened Bakery on Thursday nights. Yeah. uh, It's called Enlightened Bakery. Yeah. It's in Provo. It's on Center Street. Right by Guru's is their sister restaurant right next door to them. That's a little more well-known. Come read it and we will embrace you. What time is it at? 7.30. 7.30 on Thursday nights. I'm going to come. I am going to come. I would love it. I would love it. And maybe it. I'm even going to say, like, know. read something. That, I don't that's, know. That's so yeah. awesome. It would make me so happy because, yeah. of course, I'm a fan of the podcast. And, Thank uh, you. So I would love that would be so fun to have you come. Are you going to read a poem for us? I am. I am. Okay, I was trying to decide which one to read. So this is one that I read at the very first open mic and that um, I read periodically. It speaks to that idea of connection and what we're all about. It's called No Man's Land. This is a reenactment of what happens when you're introduced in Release Society as a theater artist. Oh, I did theater in high school, but then I decided I didn't want to be around those kinds of people. Thanks. It's similar to the reaction of many theater folks when they find out you are heavily involved in organized religion. Oh, I used to be religious, but then I decided I didn't want to be around those kinds of people. Thanks. You could say I have dual citizenship in two warring countries, countries with a somewhat permeable border, but a huge problem with friendly fire. Because even though most of the bombing campaigns aren't aimed at me personally, it's impossible to set up house in no man's land without acquiring some wicked scars from misdirected grenades. I know what sort of Christian I am and what sort of Christian I am not, but it still gets under my skin when someone rants about Mormonism. And by rant, I don't mean explore personal experience and come to a different conclusion than I would, or even angrily denounce something I hold dear. And I know what sort of artist I am and what sort of artist I am not, but it still gets under my skin when it is assumed that anything raw, anything that hits hard, anything that's rough around the edges isn't worth listening to. I know which grenades are aimed at me and which ones are not, but that doesn't mean they don't knock me off my feet when they explode. Could this please be 10 square feet of Provo that doesn't have a landmine? where we can be raw and open and personal and vulnerable and safe, where no perspective is deemed more valid or more truthful than another, where you don't assume I'll grow out of my theology and I don't assume you need to be rescued from yours, where we don't stand here yelling at each other and never see beyond the propaganda enemy on the newsreel, where we start with the assumption that we are all good, smart people doing our best. Isn't this where a lasting peace starts? 
isn't writing a quest to understand and be understood, to take something foreign and make it familiar, to make peace between two warring concepts, to make us all residents of no man's land, if only for seven minutes on a Thursday night. I know I'm supposed to clap, but just with the mic, I'll <laughs> do this now. doesn't work well with the mic. There you go. There you go. So yeah, so that's, that's a piece that I love. And then you can hear all sorts of fun things. I read new stuff just about every week. So that's amazing. I love that's perfect for this podcast too. Just the whole idea of you can have more than one emotion at once. You can uh-huh. be a part of more than one group at once. There is a place where we can unify. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to create labels that disconnect us yeah. further than our culture already tries to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's what poetry is to me. And that's what this poetry community has been to me. Poets are good, good folks. Well, thank you for coming. And I really am, I'm saying it publicly. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. <laughs> all right. She's made, she's made a promise. I'm coming. <laughs> you all promise. have to snap a lot though. Okay. <laughs> like snap the whole time. Even if I'm like, no, nah, oh well, nice. that's the beauty. That's the beauty. We always say, you know, we, we, we will clap for you. Even if you're horrible, it hasn't really happened yet because everybody gets up is wonderful right but if you were horrible theoretically we would still clap very loud for you okay cool okay i'll do it <laughs> if you want to support the podcast you can go to icupodcast.com and click on support the podcast i always say that i think it's actually support the mission maybe i don't know maybe someone should tell me that or i can just look it up <laughs> on my own website you actually don't need to tell me i can be a grown-up that's fine there's fun apparel there like we did we just gave that giveaway last week next week we are going to have a guest here who's going to talk about pornography addiction and if you're new to the podcast and you haven't started from the beginning which i highly recommend you started from the beginning didn't you say i did, did. oh I did i started from the beginning kind of binged from there and then i picked in picked and chose as I went along. Okay. I'm almost caught up. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite caught up. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But if you haven't listened, episodes 31, 32, and 33 are a pornography addiction series I did with my brother and his wife as he is an addict in recovery from pornography. His wife talks about betrayal, trauma, and they talk about the healing that has happened in their marriage and how their marriage is better than it's ever been now. Those might be good to listen to as we prepare for next week's episode because this will be a different perspective on pornography addiction. My guest contacted me as someone that she had heard those episodes and she loved them and she felt like she had more to add, a new perspective, which is awesome. There's things that we don't talk about enough and I think that pornography is one of them and so we will continue to talk about that here. My name is Julie Lee and I see you. Now, as promised, we have a free giveaway today, 10 of them, in fact. Speak for Yourself is giving away 10 running bibs with poetry written on the back as a way to share poetry everywhere. So if you'll share the podcast with a friend or leave a review, shoot me a message and the first 10 people that I hear from will be mailed a free running bib from Speak for Yourself. A big thank you again to this week's episode sponsor, Lark Dean Galley. Once again, she is launching her course, BS to Success, and you can find that on her Facebook page, Living Life with Lark Dean Galley. What I love so much is that she has so many videos that you can watch for free where she gives applicable, helpful tips. I was watching her Facebook Live video this morning and she talked about meditation and affirmations in a deeper way and a different way than I had experienced in the past. And they're tools that I'm excited to use immediately. 